The economy is getting back underway, and with it, the world of pro sports. Stay ahead of the curve with the unparalleled tools of two world-class news desks covering developments across finance, economics, technology, and sports. Subscribe to Bloomberg.com, and if you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, for a limited time, you can receive a complimentary subscription to The Athletic. Go to Bloomberg.com slash subscribe to sign up today. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you all had a great weekend. We've got all of Sunday's NBA action from the Orlando bubble at Walt Disney World Resort. I'm your host, Dave DeFore, joined as I am on Nerder She Wrote by Mo DeKeel. What's up, Mo? Welcome to the Ding. I don't know what to do, Dave. I'm talking to you on a non-nerder thing. I'm a little freaked out. We've got Andrew Schlecht over there pushing buttons, making sure we sound really, really nice. Coming up on today's show, it's Dame time for the Sixers. The Grizzlies and Raptors clawed it out like it's 1995, and a few teams' playoff hopes have been extinguished. But first, Mo, go Spurs, go. The Spurs just will not die, keeping their playoff hopes alive. 113 to 122, the San Antonio Spurs defeat the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans' playing chances, huh, they're over with this loss. They've been eliminated because, as we'll discuss later, another team also won. And the Spurs are still alive. Uh, despite losing Derek White in this game with a knee contusion, which is bad news, but the good news is that they did win. Mo. The secret to the Spurs in the bubble just seems to be play Keldon Johnson. I mean, play Keldon Johnson. I think Lonnie Walker, even though he didn't put up big numbers and fouled out, was was good. I think all their young guys have been playing really well across the board. You know, and this is something uh, we're not used to seeing all that much from Coach Pop. It seems as if the Spurs have made a real commitment to getting out in transition. And early on in this game, you know, the, the Pelicans just had no energy whatsoever, and it was a stark contrast to the way the Spurs were playing. Yeah, I mean, it was really interesting considering what the Pelicans had on the line in terms of if they lose, they really put themselves in trouble in terms of the playing game. And, you know, the Spurs just came out just ready to pounce. You know, they started on a, uh, I think it was a 14-3 to run, they had 12 transition points in the first quarter. They were really aggressive, just ready to go. It was really impressive across the board to see them take it as serious as they did. And it was a little disappointing to see how light the Pelicans came out. You know, the, we're going to talk quite a bit in the next few weeks when, when we look back at the Spurs run here in the bubble about the young guys. DeJounte Murray has been great. Uh, Derek White, who left this game with the injury, has been has been fantastic. Obviously, Kelton Johnson looks like a future all-star, and maybe it's just me. Uh, <laughs> but the guy leading the way for them has been DeMar DeRozan, sliding him into the four. I mean, he was he was guarding Derek Favors at the beginning of this game. He had 27 points tonight. He has been pretty automatic. I, I, I think that T.J. Warren might be getting some of DeMar DeRozan's buzz. Yeah, no, I mean, DeMar has been phenomenal in, in the sense of, too, the other thing we're not talking about as much is his ability to kind of playmake for other guys you know he's making some really nice passes he had a great uh this might make you groan dave hockey assist to (laughs) lonnie walker in transition who then hit bellinelli in the corner and you know it's just 
you see in the game, it almost feels a little bit differently. But also it comes down to, you know, Pop not fully trying to change him. You know, we always hear everybody complaining he doesn't shoot enough threes and things like that. This is something Pop learned under coaching with LaMarcus Aldridge. You know, he was trying to change Aldridge. And then once he decided, I'm the problem, not Aldridge, we started to see Aldridge start to flourish with the Spurs over the past couple of years. So I think we're just kind of seeing more of the same with DeMar. And it's been impressive because he's the guy, like, when this game got close, he kind of helped close them out in the fourth quarter. You can't have a Pelicans game without talking about Zion Williamson. He had 25 tonight, 10 of 20 from the field, though, which is uncharacteristic for him. Yeah, it was a he started out also really slow. I, you know, I think he was um, one of four to start the game. It's it, 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 his rhythm seemed off. He had missed some bunnies and things like that. But, you know, Dave, this is the most minutes he's played in the bubble so far with 27 minutes. I, did they drop the minute limit or was this just like he was better in better shape? What did you think? I think it might have been a little bit of the two. You know, they were still kind of subbing him out. You know, he looks pissed every time he subs out. And I think there's a at a certain point, his conditioning is going to get better because he's playing games. So maybe they were kind of saying like, OK, we can start to put him out in longer stretches. But I don't think they're ready yet to fully just let go and go. All right. No limits. Alvin, play him whatever you want. How do you feel about the the Spurs future? Do you think it's it's time for them to to just say this offseason, we're going to lean into the youth movement and, and maybe we don't make the playoffs next year, but we think that these guys are talented enough that we want to make that commitment? Yeah, I think they're we're coming close to it. I mean, look, they got a lot of promising young guys. We've talked about almost all of them, right? You know, Murray, Walker, uh, your boy Johnson. I was going to mess up his name, but Jacob, uh, Jakob Pertle. See, it's close. Perfect. You know, Jakob Pertl. Jakob Pertl has uh, played really well. Drew Eubanks, who came out of nowhere, you know, also playing well. The two of those guys combined for 25 rebounds, Dave, tonight uh, or today or however the hell we want to say it. Uh, I think this is that they have some really promising pieces. What they're missing is the one guy, right? The guy where you're like, this is the one that makes the engine go. And, you, you know, I think it's going to take time and you know, they can ride this thing out for another year and see how it goes. But I just think ultimately, anyways, with how stacked the West is, they might not make the playoffs next season just based on that. And they'll be right back in the rebuilding. Fellas, are you prepared to unveil your summer body? The beaches are opening, the sun is shining, and the bushes have to be tamed. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. They've forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the essential Lawnmower 3.0, waterproof cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. You can also adjust the settings on the lawnmower to get a link that you like and stay on top of it with almost no effort whatsoever. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. For a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. 
Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code THEATHLETIC20. For a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. They are fantastic. So go to manscaped.com today and use the code THEATHLETIC20. Another game in the battle for the play-in. The Portland Trailblazers defeat the Sixers 124-121. to 121. Again, Dame time. This guy just continues to drop monster game after monster game on the heels of missing those two crunch time free throws against the Clippers. Dame comes out strong and huge, drops 51 points. Is there any player in the league as scary as Damian Lillard when the playoffs are on the line, Mo? No, and this is why Portland was my pick to make it into the playoffs. You put that kind of target in front of Dame, and if he's healthy, he's going to get it. He's just going to go after it, and we're watching him play, even though he missed those free throws against the Clippers on the second game of a back-to-back. He came out and dropped 51 like he's rolling. He's, He's locked in every which way. He's focused across the board. I think, you know, this is just – this is a, a scary dude in, the, in this situation. They have two more games left and then potentially the playing games. You know, I, I just don't want to bet against him. And, and the, this game was actually extremely tight late, uh, obviously three-point finish. Uh, but Damian Lillard with about three minutes to go, Blazers down one, he gets fouled, hits the three, makes the free throw, puts them up three. They come down, get a defensive stop on that next possession, come back down, Dame hits another three, and in about 15 seconds of game time, gives the Blazers a six-point lead. I mean, to have that kind of weapon at your disposal is is pretty insane and and almost feels like cheating. Yeah, no, he, he's kind of a cheat code in that sense, right? Like, you know, you can always just kind of revert to him. He's going to get you a shot. He's going to find a way to get a look, you know, even if it's 35 feet out and we can ask Paul George, he's going to hit that shot. So it's just, that's just who he is, man. And that's why they call it Dave, Dame time. And we should mention that Joel Embiid actually had to to leave this game. He, he has an ankle injury, uh, no update on his status as of yet. Uh, but with Ben Simmons also being out, I had pretty much written the Sixers out of this game. Kudos to them for sticking in there. How did they hang with the Blazers without their two stars? Uh, it started with Josh Richardson saying, like, okay, I'm going to go off now. He's been relatively quiet through the throughout the games in the bubble. Today he dropped 34 points, 6 to 10 from 3. Like, he was cooking. And every time they needed a big shot, he was delivering. I thought they got a good game from Horford who realized, like, hey, our big man rotation's all screwed up now. Like, I got to step up. And he did it in a Horford-like stat line, right? 15 points, six rebounds, five assists. I think he had one or two blocks, but he was just solid all around, provided great defense for them down the stretch. And Dave, I mean, this isn't something we say a lot about the Sixers, but it was impressive fight from that team. You know, it's easy. They could have easily folded up when Embiid gets hurt and just throw in the towel for that game. They had a terrible first quarter, only scored 19 points. Instead, they just got rolling. And as soon as they got rolling, they started hitting shots. They shot 46% from three, which is abnormal for them. Uh, You know, they they, they looked like the team that wanted to play. You mentioned Richardson was six of 10 from three. Well, he almost put this game into overtime. 
He got a pretty good look. I mean, why didn't the Blazers foul up three, Mo? So the the interesting thing about it is the the broadcast was saying that too, but there was you got to look at the whole scenario. There was 12 seconds left on the clock. You have the the Sixers still have both of their timeouts left. So you know, they were in position where you could foul them, they could shoot the two free throws, then there's still 10 seconds left on the clock. Like it's a scenario where I just felt like there was too much time on the clock. Where I felt like, okay, this is a good situation to foul, put them on the line. I feel like you stretch out the game, which allows for more variance and more chaos. And the fact the Sixers had their timeouts left, allowing them to kind of continue to advance the ball. I, I, I kind of agree with Stotts in this situation of not fouling. With Embiid not out there, I, I actually would have expected a little bit more from Nurkic. Of course, Lillard is cooking. Uh, but 15 points, only six rebounds. Not an awful game for Nurkic, but I think he's had better games in the bubble so far. Yeah, you know what? This one's kind of tough because I look at it and say he might be out of all the Blazers the most fatigued. You know, I think coming back from the injury, again, second game of a back-to-back, I think the fatigue got to him on this one more than any other guy. And that's not saying that Dame isn't tired because I imagine he's exhausted, but I think he's still working into shape like we're still seeing him miss bunnies here and there that normally he would make so I think fatigue got to him a bit Dave on this one and that's why you know he he, he wasn't as sharp as he would have been because I'm with you I would have thought he would have gone off don't discount the time that Horford did stay on him he didn't play a ton of minutes but when he was there he was putting pressure on Nurkic and again Dave I just think he's getting back into shape and getting going so I wouldn't I'm not going to stress too much about that from from Nurkic tonight yeah, and the Blazers still in it for the play-in. They've got the Mavericks on Tuesday night, and uh, that's going to be fun to watch. Lillard versus Doncic. I think that this is a must-see TV. It, it, the, the bubble is really creating some very interesting storylines. We got some news. Ben Simmons is going to undergo surgery on that knee that he had the subluxation to remove some loose bodies. Uh, his season is likely over, uh, which is a real real bummer. Um, and then the seating update. And, uh, Andrew, if you'll cue up some very sad music. The Sacramento Kings and New Orleans Pelicans have officially been eliminated. Mo, has there been a more disappointing performance in the bubble than the Pelicans? Yeah, I think the expectation was really high. We... We all took a hit emotionally when we found out Zion was going to be on this minute limits situation. And I think on top of that, though, the other guys just didn't really step up as much as I thought they would have. You know, Ingram just had an average game tonight. Lonzo has not been very good in the bubble. Uh, Holiday, although he was playing his heart out, you know, couldn't hit a shot tonight. I think overall, it's just it, it hasn't been there. And their defense Dave, throughout their entire run in the bubble has been atrocious, you know, and, and you, you can't you can't make up the games they're going to make up by playing that type of defense. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, as far as the the eighth seed goes, Memphis is still in the eighth spot. They've got a half a game lead on the Blazers and a full game lead on the Spurs. So the Spurs are now a half game behind the Blazers for that nine spot. If the if the play in game was today, it would be the Blazers and the Grizzlies. Spurs are still alive. The Suns 
are still alive and undefeated. They're a game and a half behind the Grizzlies. So uh, the bubble and the play-in stuff seems to be working out, maybe not with the right teams, you know, as planned by the NBA, but at least working out with the drama. Yeah, I mean, this is exciting. All these games are... You know, you got to sit down and make sure you schedule your time to watch these things because this is getting really right down to the nitty gritty. Two games left for the Blazers. I think two games left for Memphis. Uh, San Antonio has two or three left. I think same for Phoenix. It's it's coming down to these last couple of games, and this is what we wanted. And don't forget, there was a number nine seed in the Eastern Conference. They continue to drop down the standings. They're now a game and a half behind the Hornets, who were not in Orlando. So the Wizards, still winless, still falling behind the Hornets. Fascinating. It is what it is. It's fascinating. <laughs> the Grizzlies lose to the Raptors 99-108. to The Grizzlies actually could have clinched a play-in game spot if they had won this, uh, but the Raptors are just too good. The Raptors have officially clinched this, the second seed in the East, and now the Grizzlies are locked into a play-in. So we are, we are definitely getting a play-in game because the Grizzlies lost. So it's going to be Portland, it's going to be San Antonio, or it's going to be Phoenix, and those games are going to happen Saturday the 14th, and if there needs to be a second game, it will be a back-to-back, so Sunday the 15th. The Grizzlies will have to lose two games in a row if they're the eighth seed, if if the Blazers pass them for the eighth seed or the Spurs pass them for the eighth seed, then they would have to lose two in a row. It's it's not as complicated as, as I just made it sound. Uh, for the Grizzlies, it was almost too much Dylan Brooks in this game, Mo. Yeah, he was gunning. Let's just be honest. You know, uh, he had 25 points. He problem was he just wasn't hitting from three. And the way the Raptors kind of set their defense up for this game, because, you know, with Nick Nurse and that mad genius that he's got going on in his head, you know, he just said, screw it. We're going to pack the paint. We're going to make sure Jaw sees a ton of bodies every time he drives. And to Jaw's credit, he got 10 assists tonight, and he was continuing to find guys. Just the Grizzlies couldn't hit enough threes. I think Brooks went for three of 10 from three. Uh, Grayson Allen shot a ton of threes he was four or ten and just across the board they couldn't hit hit enough of those shots and the and the Raptors just did a good job continually to pack the paint and make it really difficult for Morant to get any openings to get to the rim and this game was extremely sloppy and uncharacteristically so for Toronto 25 turnovers for Toronto 22 for the Grizzlies why were they slinging the ball over the place Mo? It was weird, and, you know, Kyle Lowry had nine turnovers, which is something I almost wanted to say it was a career high for him. I don't I don't think I've seen a game in a while where he's been that sloppy with it. Part of it was the Grizzlies were, were pretty aggressive defensively, too, and, and I think they forced some turnovers. That's how they got back into the game uh, in the fourth quarter. But it, it, there was just a level of sloppiness all around, you know, uh, the guards making the pass while the other guy's cutting and they're all both kind of looking at each other. They just didn't see a seam on the same page. This is also a problem that they had in their game against Boston. And I think this is something they need to kind of start ironing out again as we get ready for the playoffs. De'Anthony Melton had six steals in this game. Kyle Lowry had four. Fred Van Vliet had four. I mean, it, the defense was kind of showing up, but I think it was more just bad offense that was creating that stuff. Uh, you mentioned Grayson Allen. He had 20 points off the bench. I mean, that's the kind of production that that they hope they can get out of him, you know, not just 
while they're in the bubble or in the playoffs, but going forward next season, you can actually see that sort of off-the-bench shooter role coming into play for him. Uh, Fred Van Vliet had 14 points. Norm Powell had 16 points. Uh, the Raptors, you know, they went to the free-throw line 33 times in this game for only 16 of the Grizzlies. What was the cause of that disparity? I, I think some of it was just, you know, Pascal Siakam in the post, you know, really kind of putting some pressure on them. I think Lowry constantly penetrating, Van Vliet's penetration, all those guys, they each had six free throws on their own. You know, Norman Powell was was great in this game also. Again, really aggressive. I think it just got to the point where the Grizzlies were were a little bit sloppy in the sense defensively and not moving their feet and using their hands more often, and they just got their hands caught in the cookie jar, Dave. <laughs> Uh, Pascal Siakam had 26, uh, was four of nine from three, hit a big step back at the end to, to push the lead out to six. And that, that was basically the last uh, of the Grizzlies. Um, Siakam, do you think he could be the best player on a team that makes the finals? That, that seems to be the big question mark about this team. Do they have a hallmark star that can propel them in the moments where they need it? Dave, I just want you to realize that the last time I think I did the thing with you, you got me in trouble with Toronto Raptors fans. And you're doing it again. I don't think he's the number one guy. Sorry, folks. I don't think he does enough in isolation. I don't think he's as great of a pick and roll guy. I think, you know, he he does a lot, you know, when the rotations come to him. Being able to tack it, being the second guy when the ball gets swung to him off the first action and then being able to attack, I think that's really when he's at his best. This isn't to say he's... A, a bad player. I think he's he's a really good player, but I don't know if he's the number one guy on a championship team. And I just don't think he has the the half court offense game. Because here's the thing, Dave, I'm not looking for Pascal Siakam with seven seconds left in the shot clock. I don't feel like I'm guaranteed at least a shot attempt the way I was when they had Kawhi Leonard last year. So that's kind of my issue with really with the Raptors as a whole. But I just don't think Siakam's the number one guy on any team for a championship. The Grizzlies get the Celtics on Tuesday, who have already clinched the three seed in the East. So that's a good sign for the Grizzlies. And you know, the one unfortunate drawback uh, to the to the actual play-in stuff is that some teams are going to wind up with an easier walk here as they, you know, start to face teams that have locked into their playoff seating. Yeah, that's normal. That's something we would have seen in the regular season as well. So I think that's just the way this thing goes sometimes. Well, there were a few other games in the bubble. Uh, the Wizards have maintained their unblemished record, as I mentioned before. They lost again. This time they lost to the Thunder. Darius Basley scored 23 points off the bench. Big game for him. Uh, the Wizards 0-6. Very impressive. I, I don't even know if they could do that if they were trying. The Celtics beat the Magic in overtime, thanks to Gordon Hayward's 31 points. And the Rockets crushed the Kings on the back of 41 points from Austin Rivers. Wow. That's not who you thought had 41. (laughs) Not at all. Uh, Big games on Monday. The undefeated Phoenix Suns look to remain perfect as they face off against the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Mavericks and Jazz face off in a battle of teams that do not want to play the Clippers in the first round. The Raptors and Bucks will find out if you can finish an NBA game without playing any players at all since both teams have locked up their one and two seeds and love to rest. Uh, The Pacers and Heat Meet for the battle of T.J. Warren Hill, which uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I'm expecting a big game out of T.J. Warren, Mo. I, I'm hoping for it, and I'm hoping Jimmy Butler's healthy and ready for that one. 
And the Nuggets will face the Lakers in the late game, and that one's going to be a must-watch as Anthony Davis and Nikola Jokic face off against each other in the middle. That's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget about all the other basketball shows on the Athletic Podcast Network. We've got all your favorite shows, like the Athletic NBA show featuring me and Mo on Nerd She Wrote. we got Basketball Buds dropping tomorrow, and I promise you guys it is a fantastic episode full of all the Paul George slander you could ask for. We've got no dunks. we got tampering. we got House of Strauss. we got Hoops Adjacent. we got Point of Contention. Plus, we have a bunch of team-specific shows from some of your favorite athletic beat writers. Don't forget to follow the shows that you want to listen to on the app so you get notifications every time a new episode drops. And please utilize the podcast comment section. We're checking those. We're going to start using those for mailbags in the future. If you're not a member of The Athletic, go over there and sign up. What are you waiting for? Thank you guys for waking up with us. Mo, take us home, please. Ding, ding.